Today is February 25th, and college baseball is in full swing. And that means that we must start our The Boys of Spring College Baseball podcast. Uh, my name is Ryan Miller. I'm here with Ben Bellotti. Ben, how is it going? It's going great. Couldn't be more excited to be here, Ryan. I mean, the boys of spring, it's finally happening. Yeah, we've been talking about this for a long time. We knew that we definitely wanted to do something like this at Just Baseball. Um, but today is our first episode. And this week, we will have two episodes out. Today, we're going to be talking about last week's game, some matchups we like, some players that we like. And then we're going to switch gears to this week. Um, the Saturday or Sunday episodes probably going to get released on the weekend or early in the week. It's going to be previewing our top 25, which will be released on Monday. We're going to go in depth about some stuff. Um, a couple of the things that I'll preview for this weekend's episode, we definitely want to talk about how much weight we put into upsets with a long baseball schedule. You know, in football, if an unranked team beats a number four team, it's a big deal. In baseball, we got so many games. We'll talk about some of that, talk about some teams who could move into the top 25. So yeah, I'm definitely excited. But before we get started, I just want to introduce ourselves to our audience, kind of, you know, if, if nobody knows who we are, kind of give them a little bit of a, of, of a background. Uh, my name's Ryan really? Miller. I'm the MLB Scout Liaison for the Orleans Firebirds in the Cape Cod League. And, you know, I do some recruiting work for a local community college, but most of all, I write about prospects in college for, for just baseball. And Ben, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I've been, obviously we both love baseball and I've been in baseball, you know, not the best to play. So I decided to stay in it with working in it. So I'm with the ocean state waves of the NACBL um, started with just, you know, just a simple game day intern. And now I'm helping construct the roster occasionally um, and just doing a lot of the business side, but also, you know, a big part of the team and getting players there. So um, it's just love to watch baseball who doesn't. And I also occasionally do, um, started to do some writing but i control the youtube for just baseball so some fun stuff yeah and our third host pete flaherty he's the um i believe his official title is director of baseball ops for the katua kettlers mm -hmm. in the cape cod baseball league the way that we're going to do this if we got some listeners from the just baseball show over here um we're probably going to rotate through we have three main hosts we might have other writers on. We probably will have other writers on. One guy who I'm thinking of right now is Ethan Badowski, who um, writes a lot for Florida, um, their sports, and especially their baseball team. We'll definitely have him on. We'll have some other writers and maybe some, some guests. Um, mainly, we're going to try to do those type episodes on our Saturday or Sunday episode. And we could go a little bit more in depth, a little bit longer, but right now, we're going to preview last or we're going to preview this upcoming week and we're going to go over last week's games. So let's start looking back. We got ECU and I know that you you watched a lot of this series. They got swept Absolutely. by Bryant. Yeah. What did you see? Huge, huge upset. I mean, ECU is a top 25 team. Um, they're down They're I forget where they were ranked, but it was above top 25, like 21st or something, or maybe even higher. Right. Come I, I preseason. I think it was early 20s. It was early sure. 20s, but now they're they're bottom 25 through Baseball America and D1 Baseball. And on Baseball America, Bryant creeped up to the 22 position, I believe. But yeah, it was, I mean, it was really great series. There was both teams fought the entire time, but I mean, no one expected going in there that Bryant was going to go sweep the series against East Carolina. The first game was an absolute statement. They, they won 10 to two. Uh, the offense exploded. Um, and then the other two games, 
game two and three were both, you know, kind of shootouts until the very end. And it came down and Bryant held true and won. But I mean, you got to give credit to the whole team. There wasn't really a standout player for Bryant. It was just a team effort. Uh, pitching was consistent and the hitting was great. Uh, there is one guy, Matt Woods, that in the he didn't do anything in the first game. But the second game, the third game, consistent, got three hits, I think, in the second game and one and the third. Uh, just he's fast. He still some bases, great defensive. Just a guy I wanted to give a shout out to. But I mean, Bryant's a really good team. They know how to develop. Um, their catching is always great. They have great defense. Uh, this is a team that everything, I mean, everyone in college baseball now is doing the numbers and stuff for defensive alignment and pitch alignment. But this is a team I've watched firsthand. They do it almost better than anyone else. I mean, they rotate their signs um, every three innings or so. And it's just so in depth. I, I know everyone's doing it, but they have down to a science and I think it's why they're so prepared and go in to win yeah and I mean if you're going to be an unranked team coming in trying to beat a ranked team those are the little things that you really have to focus on to be able to beat ranked teams and absolutely I didn't watch too much of this series just because I was bounced around to other games but one thing I know about baseball is you know ECU not the start that they wanted come in as a ranked team probably remain there for this week um, and beyond but they, they just got to look to bounce back. You know, I'm not going to overreact and say that they're not a ranked team because they were there for a reason. But, you know, now they're, they're just going to have to bounce back and win some, some big, meaningful games. So let's talk about Long Beach and Mississippi State. This is one of the series that I watched a lot of, especially watched the first game, which was Landon Sims versus Luis Ramirez. And the one thing I just want to say real quick is that pitching matchup day one, those are two very good pitchers. I would be able to probably make a claim that Landon Sims is the best pitcher in the country. And Luis Ramirez is a pretty solid pitcher as well. He had some nice movement on his sinker, nasty breaking ball. So Ben, what did you see in this series? I mean, first off, I just, I, I completely agree. Landon Sims is unreal. I mean, you, I didn't know what to expect exactly. We saw him in the championship get extended, but aside from that, he hadn't really started too much. Um, just been in the bullpen. So but you knew you had the chance to do it and you knew he had, you know, he, he had it, he was capable of it and he proved it. I mean, his, I've never seen pitches move like that from a college starter. It, it's amazing. And he has pinpoint control. It was just great. I mean, that game, that first game in Mississippi state uh, series, that's the game I had circled on my calendar to watch and it did not disappoint. Yeah, definitely. That's the one game when I was looking for stuff to watch last weekend, that's the one I knew I was going to tune in. I wasn't going to leave that game. I wasn't going to jump around. I just had to watch. And, you know, even going in, talking about the offenses a little bit, uh, Mississippi State's offense, it, it's pretty solid. Um, Long Beach State as well. The one guy on Long Beach that I wanted to highlight, who I believe got the majority of the hits versus Landon Sims, is Eddie Salvar. I mean, a true freshman, this guy's a grinder. He's a scrappy player. He looked pretty good for them. And, the first game was the best game baseball wise of the series because game two was a blowout win by Long Beach. And then the third game was a blowout win by Mississippi State, but right. really just a just a good series all around. Yeah. And I got to say, you know, going back to Landon Sims, it was just a dominant, dominant performance. And you can't say enough good things about it. I mean, he went seven innings. Only gave up five hits and wanted to run. But the thing that stands out to me the most is no walks in seven innings. Um, that is crazy. He threw 81 pitches, no walks. I mean, it's crazy. That's that's what that's how you get teams to win right there is when your pitching doesn't walks. Walks are first inning walks, you know, it just doesn't work out. 
Yeah. And Sims, you know, he has two pitches from what I saw. I don't think he threw a changeup at all. Um, so at the next level, being a professional could be a reliever, but he's a guy for me who can be like a Garrett Crochet who immediately goes to the big leagues, gets into a bullpen and makes an impact as soon as he gets there. Cause that yeah, slider's nasty. That, that fastball, he, you know, he was just pounding the top of the zone, that fastball mid to upper nineties, really, really good. So our next series, Oklahoma state and Vanderbilt. This was another series that I tuned in, I believe for all three games, maybe two of the three games. I was bouncing around a little bit, but I'll start with, with Oklahoma state's pitching staff. You know, we, we talk about the Florida States, um, you know, just, even even Mississippi State with some some solid arms in their rotation, mm. but Oklahoma State they got a really good one two punch with Justin Campbell and Victor Medeiros. Medeiros comes in as a Miami transfer. Um, we don't really know what to expect. You know, he, he left Miami, highly touted prospect coming out of high school, and he did okay. I'd say the first couple innings he looked like a Landon Sims type of start. Um, yeah, a fastball in the high 90s, really good breaking ball. When he started to pitch out of the stretch, it started to get a little bit rougher for him. But he's a guy who could definitely slot himself back into first-round conversation. And Justin Campbell, another arm, their Friday night starter, he's a guy who who really could move up draft boards, 6'7", righty, really good pitcher. I believe – I'm pretty positive Oklahoma State did win that game with him on the mound. Yes, they so, did. He's a guy who could be an early round pick, maybe not round one, but definitely somewhere in that range. What did you think oh, yeah. of this series? Oh, actually, let me correct myself. They lost the game with uh, Vanderbilt one with Justin when Justin Campbell right. was on Right, okay, the mound. yeah, right. They yep. uh, started Chris McClavin, McClain. We, we don't really know how to say his yeah. name, but, but he, he was – yeah, but he, he pitched great, four innings. Uh, they both pitched four innings, but – um, I'll just call him Chris because I don't want to butcher his last name. <laughs> Ten strikeouts, only one walk, and that's the difference right there. It was Campbell had uh, the three walks, and you know got in a little trouble like he said when he's pitching out of the stretch. But you know it's interesting because Vanderbilt, you're so used to being this dominant team, and you just think, and they're still really good, but they're nowhere near where they were last year. I think that's clear. I mean, they still have Dom Keegan and Carter Young's going to be really good for them, but I mean they're going to need their offense to absolutely explode because their pitching is just not what it was without Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter. It's just nowhere right. close. Right. Yeah. And, and, you know, a couple of, of names that are moving from a bullpen role into a starter role, Nick Maldonado, he looked pretty solid for them. Um, it, it, you know, if he just keeps getting comfortable in that starter role, he's somebody who could definitely contribute. They got two guys coming out of the pen right now. who could work in a midweek games, maybe start a couple weekend games and Patrick Riley and Christian little. Those are two guys who are pretty solid. So, you know, Vandy, they're always good. They always have a good lineup. They had, I believe, I think the number was 22 Letterman come back from last year, something like that. So their team is so solid. They're going to go deep into, into the College World Series this year. And you know, they're just a very exciting team to watch year in and year out, definitely. Yeah. And go ahead. Do you have anything yeah. else? Yeah, I mean, I was just saying, like, you know, we said, I said the offense needs to explode, but you're absolutely right. And I mean, no one develops a pitcher like Vanderbilt, in my opinion, with their pitching lab and everything. Yep. So I think once they get the, you know, these guys get a little more comfortable. They're not used to being there without Jack Leiter and Kumar. They're not used to being the stars. Now the spotlight's going to be on them when they're the weekend starter. So once they get over the hump, I don't think it's going to be as big of a problem. Yeah, for sure. So moving on to our next game, NC State and Evansville. Now, Evansville didn't put up too much of a fight. 
but you know, they're an unranked team coming in playing a top, I'd say five team mm. in college baseball, but NC state had a couple performers this weekend that really just went off. Tommy white is the one that we definitely want to talk about. Absolutely. I believe he had five homers. His batting average was unbelievable. Everything he did this weekend was unbelievable. And probably the best part for college baseball fans, the guy's a true freshman. What did you see from Tommy White? I mean, it's just so exciting. You're, you're right. Five home runs, 12 RBIs, nine hits, and 14 at-bats. I mean, yeah. that's video game numbers, literally. Like, that's me sitting down and MLB the show, road to the show. And honestly, I don't even think I can do that in my road to the show if I'm playing on the difficulty I normally do. But, yeah. I mean, it's insane. I mean, you know, he's got the hair, the beard. He looks great. And the swing is just, you know, it's beautiful. Right through the zone, the ball launches off his bat. It's, if you're NC State, you got to be excited about this guy. I mean, you, how can you not be? I, the first weekend he has five home runs. Even if he doesn't, you know, continue to be that guy, he's going to be remembered for what he did. And it's going to be, you know, he's NC State's guy right now. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you know, the craziest part to me is that that the guy's a freshman. I mean, he yeah. looks like a seasoned hitter up there. He looks like somebody who who's a graduate student who's been playing Division yeah. One baseball for five Absolutely. years. Absolutely. Absolutely. I went, I yeah. saw him, I saw him step up to the plate and you know, all the Twitter videos and everything. Like how have I not heard of this guy? Like he looks yeah. like he's been around forever. It's because he's a true freshman. It's crazy. Hey, he's a guy to, to put on your list for a possible first round pick, maybe even early first round pick, you know, that, yeah. that, that could be saying maybe a little bit too much, you know, through a three game series with Evansville, but this guy really looks good. I'm excited to see what he can do down the line. Yeah, I mean, and even though he has the five home runs, all his other hits are, you know, he hits the all fields. He hits up yeah. the middle. He, he just, wherever the ball is pitched, he hits it to that spot. And that's exactly what everyone's been taught since, you know, you're in Little League. And this guy's just stayed true, not pull happy. I think he's going to be a really good player for this season. Yeah, for sure. And another guy with NC State, Josh Hood, um, a UPenn transfer, Ivy League transfer. As most of us know, the Ivy League didn't play too much in the past couple of years. So he transfers to NC State. He went off this weekend. So NC State, definitely a team to watch. I'm going on a college baseball road trip in middle of March. Definitely seeing NC State. It's going to be a very, very fun team to watch. Definitely. I mean, yep. do you think their offense is one of the best in uh, college baseball? I'd say it's up there. I, I really like LSU, who we'll talk about in a little bit, beating up on Maine. Um, but they're, they're definitely, you know, top five offenses, in my opinion, definitely. Yeah. I mean, and then NC State, after they play, um, they're playing Longwood. They played Longwood Wednesday, and then they have a three-game set against Quinnipiac. I mean, these guys are just going to get to – Yeah, they're, they're going to mash. They're going to mash. They're going to mash. <laughs> For sure. And the next series we have is Liberty in Florida, which Liberty took the series, but this was a really, really good fight from both sides. Liberty is a very underrated program. They're a fringe top 25 team. I'd say now they – probably slot into the top 25, maybe towards the back end. A couple of players that I like, Derek Orndorff, really interesting story. So I believe he's a fifth-year senior. He started at Penn State. Then he transferred to, to Division II Seton Hill. Now he goes to Liberty. He made an unreal catch in game one of the series and was unreal. pretty pretty rock solid for the rest. You know, he's just a scrappy player. He's, he's the type of player who, who will, you know, just produce for a team like Liberty. 
Yeah. And that's what, that's what you get from these grad transfers. I mean, I, I don't yeah. know a single one that's there to go in and be the standout player. I mean, yes, they're absolutely great players. And a lot of them, you know, may bring in a power surge or just great defense, but most of them are these scrappy gamers that just get after it game after game. And that's what you're looking for. You're looking to bring someone in with experience who will, you know, go do the dirty work and show the team, like, look, I'm not afraid to do this. You can't be either. And that's, that's just what you want from them. That's exactly what he was doing right there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And some pitching from Florida as well. Hunter Barco, his windup reminds me a lot of Rich Hill for some reason. That's the first thing that popped into my mind. I, I you know, I, I don't know uh, pitch data and stuff. If they're a similar pitcher. He was really good. I believe 11 strikeouts through seven innings. And then yeah. a freshman, Pierce Capola, he had a really, really solid outing. Kind of fell off towards the end. But, here, you know, here's a guy who could definitely – slot into first round conversation in a couple of years another true freshman producing yeah i mean you're seeing all these true freshmen produce and the strikeouts are i mean these pitchers that are dominating all of them have double digit strikeouts it's crazy it's yeah it's like it's exactly what you're seeing in the mlb it's kind of crazy that's translating to college baseball because college baseball is so usually more of the small game like you know you see way more bunting i think you probably see one at least once a game in most most scenarios so it is strange to me that so many guys are striking out. It's just that dynamic of, you know, I need to hit home runs to get drafted. But then the coaches want to play small ball. It's just something you pick up on. It's a little weird, but it happens. Yeah, and Florida's definitely a team to watch. You know, I, I think Florida's a pretty solid program all around. They've had a lot of talent come through there the past few years. They're definitely a team to watch. You know, if you're a Florida fan, don't get discouraged. Liberty's a very underrated program. And yeah. one one offense that we wanted to talk about, just mentioned it a little bit ago, LSU beating up on Maine. I, I think they scored double-digit runs in all three games. Is that correct? Yeah, so let's run, let's run through the scores. So the first game, 13-1. to one. Uh, You know, Maine came back a little bit in the second game. They scored eight runs, 17-8. to eight. And then the third game, 21-6. to six. I mean, just crazy numbers. And obviously, they're not playing the top competition, but to score double digit runs, get to nearly 20 runs every almost every game you play and including one game, it, it's just absolutely crazy and something you don't see. You might see it in one game, you know, in a series or like every three series if you're playing the competition like that. But you don't see that many runs just three games in a row. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, Maine's not a powerhouse of a program or anything. But it, it's really just showing you how good LSU really is. They got Dylan Cruz, Cade Doty, Jacob Berry. I mean, these uh, this trio, they could all go in the first round legitimately. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. With with Cruz possibly going one one next year. I mean, th this trio is unbelievable. And this offense, I mean, they they could be they, they in my opinion, they could win the national championship with this team that they got constructed. I think you're right, too. I mean, they had they put in a good run last year and they had you know a little bit better pitching last year. But the offense just really came into its own this year. And they're going to I think they're going to score a ton of runs and if the pitching can just hold them there i don't see them losing that many games this year yeah yeah for sure so let's look ahead for this weekend and you know we we got one game that i wanted to highlight on tuesday of next week that'll be before our next recap comes out so perfect timing but before we look ahead one thing i wanted to plug real quick is our twitter it's boys of spring jb we're going to be posting every day games to watch Every day, well, may, maybe only on the weekends, but 
now that I think of it, I could probably do it every day. Just going through, if you don't know what teams to watch, if you're trying to get into college baseball, check out our Twitter. We'll have just some really good matchups there. And a couple that we're about to talk about. The first, VCU, Virginia Commonwealth, takes on Ole Miss. Two really good programs. Ole Miss, I'd say, is has the edge there. But VCU is a very underrated program. Tyler Lockler is a guy who I really like a lot. They fought with, I believe, Wake, yeah, Wake Forest, I think, on Sunday. They almost won that game. They dropped it, I think, 6-4. to four. Ben, what do you think of this series, and who do you think will come out on top? I mean, it's pretty hard for me to say that Ole Miss won't come out on top. I mean, Charleston Southern, opening weekend, they have a sweep there, uh, about to play Arkansas State. And then VCU, I mean, I completely agree it's going to be a tough series. Um, well fought and definitely a much better series than the Charleston Southern series where, I mean, nine to three, 11 to one, it's almost like a lesser LSU type series right there. But I mean, Old Miss is just an exciting team. I mean, everything they do is exciting from the celebrations after the game to the energy they play. Um, I mean, I don't see them. I, I see them as one of the best teams ranked, or one of the best ranked teams out there. I really do. And I think that they're going to come out on top. Um, is there anyone that stands out to you on the team? Yeah, yeah, a few. Jacob Gonzalez is one guy, definitely. You know, this is another guy in the 2023 draft. He's projected to go pretty high. He's just a playmaker. He's their shortstop, you know, very important position, obviously, and he just produces for them. But VCU, you know, they're they're an underrated program. Like I said, Tyler Locklear, he's a guy who kind of reminds me of, of C.J. Crone. You know, he's a first baseman, mm-hmm. right, right, first baseman who could give you maybe 30 bombs a year. So, I, I, I mean, I would compare it to the Bryant ECU series of you know, right. VCU maybe coming in and, and trying, to, trying to take the series definitely versus a ranked opponent. Yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be an upset watch for sure. Um, I think it's going to be an exciting game. Yeah, yeah, definitely an exciting, exciting series. series. Yes, yeah, I let me let me pull up their start times. So it's going to be a five o'clock game Friday, one o'clock Saturday, one o'clock Sunday. So definitely tune in for those. It's going to be on ESPN Plus. There, those are definitely definitely some games to watch there. And we just mentioned ECU, so let's talk about them again. They're trying to bounce back. They're taking on UNC this weekend. How do you think that they'll do? I think they're definitely going to do better. Um, if they get, I don't think they're going to get swept. That's for sure. Um, UNC though, they're four and zero right now after being being beating Seton Hall and Elon again. Not the you know kind of a similar series, the Seton Hall, um, uh, UNC, and then Bryant and ECU. It's pretty similar in my opinion. Uh, both teams that you know they're not the best, but they have good reputations, and and then in, in their respective conferences, they compete and usually come out on top. So, but you know. UNC is out there winning 14 to 3, 19 0, and 7 to 3, while VCU, while playing close games, ended up getting swept. So, in my opinion, right now, I'm taking UNC. I just think they have, you know, the better roster. Um, they have the more standout players, in my opinion. And they're just, I, I would have to take them in this series ultimately. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The next game we're going to talk about Stanford and Arkansas. And I say game because it's one game, <laughs> it's Saturday. Um, or wait, is it? Yeah. Saturday. Okay. Yep. I I was right. So they're playing in the round rock classic. There's some solid teams in here. We got Louisiana, Stanford, Arkansas, Indiana playing in the round rock classic this year. And that Saturday game, Stanford and Arkansas, definite one to watch. I believe it's a five o'clock start time. I think 
Yes. Five Eastern, I believe. Um, but some, some players to watch. You were telling me before we started how much you like Brock Jones. He's a definite impact player. Mm-hmm. To me, he looks like a linebacker. Another guy in Arkansas, Robert Moore, had a big home run and a pretty respectful bat flip. And for Arkansas, yes, he did. If, if they go with the same pitcher that they went with on Saturday, it's going to be the freshman lefty Hagen Smith. Comes out of a three-fourths arm slot. We're actually getting him this summer for Orleans, hopefully. And, um, you know, he, he's, he's going to be a very, very good pitcher for them, I believe. He's going to get a lot of innings. Yeah. And then, you know, a former Ocean State Wave, Colin Smith for Arkansas. Um, he, you know, he's going to go out there. I'm ex- he hasn't played. I mean, he didn't do much in the other series. But in the College World Series last year, hitting home runs left and right against top competition, their whole Arkansas's whole roster is deep and they can compete. But Stanford, you know, you can't underestimate them. They're, they're up there. They're ranked number six right now, according to uh, D1 Baseball and Baseball America, I think has them close up there, too. Um, they're a really good team. They got some young guys, too. Uh, I'm trying to think. There was a freshman that his first, first hit was a home run, and it was a bomb. Um, I'm trying to think. Give him a shout-out. Let me see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, they're a very exciting team. Yeah, Robert Moore's a guy who who's already getting top 10 first-round consideration for this year, so he's definitely a playmaker to watch. Um, Hagen Smith, as I just mentioned, pretty solid freshman arm for them. But, yeah, I, I mean, these are two good teams going to – going head to head on Saturday. And I believe that they both play some, you know, lesser competition. Yeah. So Arkansas Friday plays Indiana, Louisiana plays Stanford. So, you know, they could mm-hmm. save their number one arms for Saturday. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I, I, it's going to be a really fun game. And, you know, I, you mentioned, I love Brock Jones. I really am excited to watch him. I mean, I watch him more and more this season. His swing is just awesome from both sides of the plate. He has that slight uppercut, and as soon as the ball touches his bat, I mean, it's just instant launch angle over the fence usually. It's, it's awesome. He's an exciting player. Yeah, yep, for sure. Now, the last game we want to cover is a midweek game versus Long Beach State and UCLA. I made a little note here, solid pitching for both sides. Who knows if they save one of their bigger arms, we might see Thatcher Hurd for UCLA. But Long Beach State coming off of a really solid series versus Mississippi State. And they're also going to look to play well this weekend again. But this is a game to watch on Tuesday for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the series against Mississippi State wasn't the best. But like you said, they're, they're going in there and they're, it's going to be a lot better. Yeah, yeah, so, for sure. Um, is there anything else you're looking forward to in this college baseball season just overall? Any standout guys that, you know, maybe are under the radar or anything like that? I mean, for me, the, the big thing is just having baseball back, right? Like we, we have live games Absolutely. midweek, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all day. So, yeah, I, I mean, there's there's some definite arms that I'll look into. For me, I really like, as I mentioned earlier, Tyler Locklear, so I'll probably watch more of him. I definitely want to watch LSU. Um, Dylan Cruz, Cade Doty, and Jacob Berry, that trio is very good. I, you know, I'll probably end up tuning into NC State to see a little bit more of Tommy White and probably Mississippi State, too. You know, when Landon Sims throws again this weekend, I'm going to have to tune in for not, him as well. Yeah. How can you not watch Landon Sims? For sure. But yeah. I mean, as someone who has just recently got into college baseball, doesn't know as much in depth as you or Pete do. But, you know, getting there through working in college baseball, it's such a, an electric, amazing sport. I mean, obviously, everyone's upset about the logout. How can you not be? You know, you want MLB. 
but the the positive if you want to look at it is it gives college baseball a spotlight and we you saw it take off on social media last year college baseball with all the energy and everything and you know there wasn't a lockout and now it's a lockout possibly delaying the opening day who knows college baseball is going to get so much attention on twitter instagram just in general in the news it's it's going to be so awesome i mean so many young guys are going to get attention um guys that aren't even top prospects top draft prospects are going to be you know, all over Twitter, hitting home runs and diving catches and everything. It's exactly what you want. It just all the energy in college baseball, it really just makes me excited. And, and I'm so excited for this upcoming season. Yeah. And to build off of that point, shout out to one of our writers, um, Clay Snowden. He asked in our group chat yesterday, he said, yeah, I really want to get into college baseball, but how do I do it? And I, I think that's something, you know, some of our listeners might be tuning in, trying it for the first time, just because of the lockout, as you said. I'd say get an ESPN plus subscription and probably a D one baseball subscription read, read the top 25s that all these guys put out, including us. We're going to have some college baseball content coming out on the website as well, but you know, ESPN plus gives you the ability to really watch any game in the country. And if if you want to get into the sport, it's a great thing. If you're into the draft, you know, you could bounce around to different draft prospects. So right now, you know, I haven't been stressing as much as the, the typical baseball fan about this lockout just because college baseball is back and, you know, we're ready to go. So Ben, any closing thoughts before we end this? Just going to say it one more time. I mean, I'm excited for college baseball. (laughs) That's all I got. Yeah. 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 Me me as well. And as I said, in the beginning of the episode, we're going to have a episode coming out this weekend. We're also going to have our top 25 first of the year coming out on Monday. We're going to discuss that this weekend. So thank you, everybody, for listening to the first episode of the Boys of Spring podcast. We will be back this weekend. See you later.